previously on a very special This Guy Sucks. All right, guys, that'll about do it. But before we leave, I've got three shots that I'm going to call. First off, number one, Herschel Walker. He's going to win the runoff in Georgia. Number two, the college football playoffs is not going to expand to 12 teams anytime soon. And three, USA Soccer is going to win the World Cup. Believe it. And if all three of those do not happen, I will force my wife to convert to Islam on the spot. Boom. Take that to the bank. See you guys. Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Wait, wait. I worry what you just heard was, give me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Do you understand? Welcome to This Guy Sucks with Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass! And uh, week 13, what is there to say? Uh, You know what? I can't do it myself. This job is too big for me. I'm going to let Ari Gold take it away. Ari? There was a, a lot of emotion this week, and I don't think anybody encapsulates the spirit of how I feel better than the super agent himself. So I'm going to jump right in and let's get it going. We're going to start off here with the week 13 phases of desperation. This is basically like the Dabda version of what we all go through as we're watching our teams uh, finish up the season here. So let's get to phase one, going into the early games. Did you going to call your wife, Ari? I don't care if my wife's getting fucked right now, turtle. I need to get my money back. Phase two. Going into the 4 p.m. games. What do you got? What do you got? Come on. Come on. Show me a little love. A little love. A little love. What do you think? Fuck! Fuck, 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 fuck. Can I have another marker? Please. Please. Phase three, after the Monday night football game. Fuck you, plant. Fuck you, fucking 20-inch screen. <laughs> Fuck you, you fucking stupid fucking balcony. Fuck you the most! That was probably the most disappointing week of the season from an on-the-field perspective that I can remember in a very, very long time. And it's not even like I lost a bunch of my mashups. I did okay. Uh, but man, just watching the players play was pitiful. It was the lowest point total for all players across the board since week two. And Sands, the Lions, and Eagles giving us some love. Everyone else was just fucking pitiful to watch. Uh, And mainly it was because of the players. Um, The coaches didn't really give us that American Psycho-style dismemberment that I'm used to. It felt like the players really let us down. And in retrospect, it makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't take free tickets to at least five of the eight games that played. And as we inch closer to the fantasy playoffs, the pressure of each matchup grows intensely. Supposed to be better games coming our way, but it seems like they're going backwards. And that was just the early game slate. God, the 4 p.m. slate was supposed to be our saving grace, but even those games needed to crawl back up into their mother and cook a little longer. So let's see here. Let's compare how each position performed using the uh, four leads of Entourage. So let's get into it here. We've got wide receiver. Mm, That was easily Vince this week. Uh, The glue of the season that continues to transcend further and hitting heights that we previously thought were unachievable. These guys are uh, they're out there railing all the women, making bank loads, and getting all the recognition, and they deserve it. Running backs. Uh, running backs are Johnny Drama, for sure. They used to be relevant back in the day, but now they're just sad, desperate has-beens who spent their weeks reminiscing of ass playing guest spots on big stages. We remember them fondly. They can't get any consistent work. 
They're constantly trying to reinvent themselves to fit in the modern era, and they often serve as the comedic relief. And now we can move on to tight ends. That's going to be Turtle, for sure, especially this season. The useless afterthought that really is only around because other people have determined that they need to be. Look, this sucks. It hurts me personally. Going into this year, I thought that tight end, in my eyes, was the most important position in fantasy. But this year, it's been relegated to the grunt work, spending most of their time blocking and cleaning up semen from sex parties. Uh, Hopefully, they just smoke more weed and reemerge next year. Seriously, they should smoke more weed. And quarterback. Well, all that's really left is E. Uh, The sad, whiny, snake-prone pest that thinks they are way more suave than they actually are. They're just hanging around, falling ass backwards into work that they only got through nepotism or incompetence or, you know, personal harm happening to somebody better. Sure, there are high highs, but the overall lack of character makes me resent them more for their Sloans. The Depression Award. Way to be positive. That's, oh, please, come on. The guy's buzz positive as Mother Teresa's AIDS test. Fuck you, Ari. <laughs> The Ravens and Broncos put together one of the biggest pillow fights of the entire season. Uh, When it comes to startable players in fantasy, the absence of Lamar Jackson might make make these the two least relevant teams across the entire league. Greg Dolchich was the only skilled player to score over eight points in the game, which really tells you all you need to know. Uh, Mark Andrews, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Uh, I mean, these are two run-oriented teams, so the running backs should have done significantly better than they did. Uh, I'm up against the limit with the Broncos and Ravens as far as jokes go this year, though. But I will say that both of these teams might be in need of a sex change in the offseason because whatever their current pronouns are that they're identifying by are not working. The Scoreboard Award. It wasn't the Cubs' fault when that douchebag grabbed the foul ball either, but they still don't get a World Series ring. There are no asterisks in this life, only scoreboards. And ours is currently reading, fucked. If you ever see me in Little Caesars waiting for my hot and ready that somehow isn't ready, and you were to come up and ask me, hey, Chuck, what are some of your favorite hobbies? Uh, It would be your typical stuff, you know, exercising, going out for drinks, Fantasizing about being a rock star, even though I can't play any instruments, uh, honking at strangers in my car, so they spend the next 30 minutes trying to figure out who I am, and smooching, you know, classics are classics. Uh, But definitely mixed in amongst all those would be trashing fantasy performances online and then seeing the excuse train go full steam through Penetration Station. And man, do those boys know how to shovel coal. We were all violently abused this week, so let's see if we can pick apart some of these alibis. We got Justin Herbert, who had his sixth game of the year with one touchdown or less. Uh, He had had everybody but Mike Williams uh, this Sunday, so I don't want to hear any of the nonsense. It's a bunch of bullshit. They were playing the 31st-ranked defense in the league and the Raiders. No excuse for that. Uh, Lamar Jackson who is more or less done for the year after what was already one of his more disappointing campaigns. Uh, He's like that friend who never times his drugs right and always peaks at the wrong time. 100%. We've got, who else do I have here? The Dolphins running backs, Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who basically just pink-eyed us in any lineups that they were rightfully inserted in. Look, I understand that they had a brutal matchup, but this was supposed to be at least a middle-scoring affair Uh, They both play in an offense that can move the ball down the field and has had a ton of red zone opportunities. And honestly, at this point in the season, you probably don't have many better options, so you shouldn't have been hosed for that. Yeah, both of their starting tackles were out, but it's December. Who has any tackles left at this point? 
Up next, we got Kelsey and Juju, who combined for 10 points in what was marked as their biggest game of the year. This whole revenge game bullshit, it was terrible. Look, I understand if one of them takes away points from the other, that that I can get. But for both of them to be as ineffective as they were was impressively weak. You should never be losing third down targets to Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Jarek McKinnon. You just shouldn't. And lastly, uh, this one does hurt. Two of my favorite running backs of the year, Travis Etienne and Derrick Henry, uh, they both took my lunch money and they set it on fire in front of me. It was hard to watch and it didn't really make any sense. Um, both of these teams were blown out, but they're supposed to be the kind of offenses that stubbornly commit to their play style, especially when they have these alpha backs. I mean, regardless of game script, the Titans came into this one, you know, basically being only about the run and maybe a few spot passes down the field to, you know, previously in the it had A.J. Brown. Now you had Traylon Burks, who's come on and been great lately. Uh, but Derrick Henry turned in his worst performance of the year in a game where they know they needed to play their best against the Eagles, can score points at will regardless of the defense. Uh, it was just really bad. I know that Burks went out early, but it's not like high-volume passing attack is their M.O., and they haven't had him for most of the year anyway, so this is a position they found themselves in before should have been a little bit better. Uh, and the ETN thing is fucking weird. He's like the number one thing anybody ever says about ETN is how many passes he caught in college from Trevor Lawrence and how effective he was going to be in the short to intermediate passing game. Got three passes for 12 yards in a game they lost by four touchdowns. Uh, truly ball-scratching stuff there. The comeback award. Lloyd, did you not fucking hear me? This is not a drill. This is an emergency. Well, who's going to man the phones? Fuck the phones, Lloyd. Unless Carmen Electra calls for an emergency titty fuck, don't answer. DeAndre Swift, who had his first top five finish since week two, and man, was he sorely missed. Uh, like any true alpha, he really made a lot out of nothing. If you watched the game, you just kept seeing him take what would have been three or four yard stops and just bursting them into, you know, 10 yard plus plays, especially on his touchdown, which should have been tackled behind the line of scrimmage. And he just, you know, turned on the jets and fucking showed why we all have so much optimism for him. It was his first game since week eight, where he played over 50% of the running back snaps, which is encouraging, especially when you consider that Jamal Williams is still going for the, you have got to be fucking kidding me record for touchdown vultures. But, you know, if this offense is going to play like they have been lately, there's plenty of room for everybody to eat. And in a RB landscape where we're lacking dependability and big games from a lot of different people, it'd be nice to have somebody who can hit that high, high ceiling again. So he is much, much, much welcome. The Anger Meds Award. Why did you stop taking the Anger Meds, as you call them? I didn't think they were working. I did. Except to affect me in places that... I just didn't want to be affected. Have you been unable to maintain an erection? I didn't say that. Did I say that? He's having trouble finishing. Meaning that I can go all night. Boom. <laughs> and now you feel that he's reverting back to his past behaviors. It's as if we're in a time machine. The past behaviors that almost ended your marriage. Yes. You don't feel that is true, Ari? No, of course I don't feel that it's true because it's not true. I promised my wife that if she let me go back to work, it would be nothing but fun, and it has been. I do almost nothing but smile all day. And the anger meds didn't make me calm. They just made me not able to come, which just made me angry and just made my wife sore. Now, boy, they have not even developed whatever anger medicine you could give me after watching the entirety of the Dolphins 49ers games. I know I touched on it a little bit ago, but 
George Kittle and Tua dumped their pants in front of the entire country. And instead of disposing the evidence in a Walmart bathroom, they just brought it home and threw it in the fucking hamper. I know that they had some offensive live trouble on the Miami side, but that wasn't really why Tua struggled. He was inaccurate. He was missing wide open receivers, uh, playing a little bit more recklessly, and he just seemed lost. He didn't have any of the poise that have tricked people into thinking he's good. These are the kind of games you have to step up and be great in, and he was just pathetic, I thought. Kittle, on the other hand, uh, who's while he's still an amazing player, he's completely slipped into boom bust more so than reliable Randy. He has four top six finishes this year, which you think, okay, you know, tight end position struggling, having some top six finishes is great, but he's got six finishes outside of the top 22, which is just some soft cock rookie shit, uh, especially with how ingrained he is into the offense and how successful he can be. Uh, and it should be regardless of who's playing quarterback. I mean, he's been wildly successful with three different quarterbacks and none of them are very good. So, um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they dial his number up much anymore. Uh, he should be constantly exploiting defenses too. I mean, the tight end mismatch is one of the most valuable in the sport. Uh, and defenses have to worry about Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey. And instead, they just keep him in the block, even though they already have a great offensive line. Shanahan just continues to pour apple cider vinegar into the open wound. That is my fantasy trust in him. Eh, trust is probably the wrong word. More like desperation. The front page award. I'm sorry, Mr. Gold, I haven't seen Miss Gordon all day. Oh, okay. You new in town? I've been here a month. Okay, you probably don't know me. You will. I want you to pass this message along to Dana. Tell her that I still have the pictures from Cancun. Tell her that I'm going to start a website. I'm going to take a full-page ad out in the L.A. Times advertising it. Tell her it will be called I'm a HollywoodExecutiveWhore.com and that no password or fee will be required. Tell her I want a fucking callback. This is exactly what is going to happen if Brian Dayball does not get back to me over the next three days and tell me what in the unholy fuck he is thinking. Saquon Barkley more than doubled his rushing yards from the previous two games in just the first half alone against the Commanders, the stout Commanders front, capped off with a nice little scamper up the middle for a touchdown. But in the second half, he gets the ball four fucking times, none of which are passes. They just ran him directly into the line with no creativity in obvious situations. Uh, It was really, really hard to watch. And they're doing that because they're either scared little girls or because they expect him to do something from nothing. But this isn't 2018 Saquon. You can tell by watching him. He doesn't have the same burst. Uh, He doesn't seem to be looking for the big play as much, which I don't know if that's coaching or if he just knows that uh, his body's not as capable of it. Either way, it's just absolutely killing me in a time where I cannot afford to have it killed. Uh, They tried to run the clock out of this game with 29 minutes left against the best front in the league. I mean, they were very successful in the first half, but to think that the commanders aren't going to come out with some adjustments and play differently. I mean, it showed they ended up tying a game. They had no business tying. Uh, They gave Saquon no passing work in the second half, which I said earlier, but I just can't fucking believe it. And they basically relied on Daniel Jones scrambles to keep all of the drives alive. Uh, his usage, Saquon's that is, over the last three weeks has been extremely concerning and his value has been buoyed by touchdowns, uh, which don't get me wrong, I'm appreciative of, but it just doesn't make much sense considering that they have absolutely no other options to turn to in a year where they're in the playoff hunt still. I mean, I don't know, they, they could be doing a lot better. I mean, just look across the league, the Raiders. God, the Raiders have the imagination of like a divorced 45-year-old Food Network executive, but even they've figured out how to let Josh Jacobs walk out of his next contract negotiations feeling big, fat, cash, money coming his way. 
the Giants are more like uh, fucking the girl wearing a push-up bra. Like what looked like perky intrigue is like rapidly wilting into disappointment as soon as the clothes start coming off. The deportation award. This was actually leaked video that you just heard of the Cleveland Browns brass talking to Deshaun Watson in the coach bathroom of the team plane on the way back home. Uh, polish my nuts and serve me a milkshake. This was the most, mm, God, the coffee is getting me today. This was the most abysmal response under immense scrutiny since Pepsi and Kendall Jenner tried to cure racism with that delicious sugary beverage. Look, I get it. We all get it. He hasn't played in a while. Team doesn't really do anything but run the ball and spot pass plays down the field on occasion. And he has the whole world rooting against him to fail. But like, you don't fucking fail, you idiot. That's the whole point. America forgives people who rebound, especially in sports. God, Kobe Bryant, Michael Vick, Ricky Williams, Josh Hamilton, OJ Simpson, John Rocker, Tiger Woods, Jay Cutler, Brady Quinn, so on and so forth. We aren't that hard to win over. You can't just suck dick for cock and then drag down your team. I mean, if you're making Jacoby Brissett look good, you have fucked up royally. Chubb, Amari, Peoples-Jones, these are all guys that had some of the worst games of the season against one of the worst defenses of the season. And what was supposed to be a cakewalk, uh, God, it was, you could not have you could not have gone out and played worse. He just needs to go out next time and let shit rip. I mean, that's what he was famous for, laying it all out on the table, sometimes a little too much. Uh, but I guess, you know, did we do this? Is it our fault? You know, maybe in an attempt to neuter the registered sex offender, we neutered the football player as well. The Genetic Mistake Award. You're dating a cook? He's a chef, Ari, and he's a businessman. And he's kind and respectful and generous. He's a red-headed fire crotch. He's a genetic mistake. Jesus, Ari, you are such a child. I this one actually has some co-winners. The first is Andy Dalton, obviously who continues to be the official mascot of the big, biggest fantasy fuckfest of the year in New Orleans. The Saints have ruined everyone on their team to the point where even the Chargers are denying knowing them three times in public. For shame. Uh, but the other co-winner, this goes to the greedy, point-whoring vultures who keep going through our starters' trash at night with flashlights. Oh, it was a tough week for vultures. We had Jarek McKinnon, Devin Singletary, Malik Davis, Alexander Madison, Kyle Juszczyk, and Chris Evans. Um... Basically, all of those guys play on teams where their touchdowns could have gone to anybody else, and I know it would have just boosted the morale of the entire fantasy community. Cam Akers also scored twice, uh, which, you know, that vultured content from my program, so that he's a sick bastard for that. The What Am I Supposed to Do Award. Shoot yourself in the head with a large caliber bullet. Ooh, let's say a quick goodbye to the teams that went from Kentucky Derby runners to glue within one short week. They are done. So we got the Ravens who are kaput. Even with a healthy Lamar, they were already teetering. Uh, they'll lose the division to the Bengals, which means they're going to have to go on the road in the AFC, which is basically a brutal death. They've got Huntley, which should salvage some fantasy owner seasons. But uh, as far as an actual NFL Super Bowl is concerned, they're done. The Chargers are cooked. If you can't beat the Raiders at this point, you were never a serious contender to begin with. Three years of no Justin Herbert in the playoffs, so look for a new coach uh, coming their way pretty soon. The Patriots, who are senile, uh, they weren't a surprise team for most of the year, but Mac Jones did what anybody who paid attention thought he'd do, and he sunk the team back to pre-Brady levels. So goodbye to them and the Titans, who we've covered a little bit too much on this pod. 
Uh, they're basically COVID now. They'll hang around and show up violently once a year, but with the proper treatment, they'll just be shot out of one of the ends of your ass and disappear. Arnold Palmer alert! Arnold Palmer alert! Who wants some Arnie Palmies? <laughs> Sweetie, this one is the vodka right here. All right, there's the Arnold Palmer alert. Uh, let's jump into a quick parting thought for the week. Uh, this is a heartfelt one, and I hope everybody's paying attention here. We are approaching the time of the year where coaches do some of the most stupid shit you'll ever see in your life without any warning, reasoning, or indications coming. Do not be surprised if you see star players briefly taken out of the game or play calls that will encourage you to start a change.gov petition. Uh, Just pay very close attention to your players and who's in charge of their success. Even smart coaches start to warm up strategies that they look to roll out of the playoff that they haven't really, you haven't really seen much of this year. And every one of those decisions matters much more now than they did in week seven. So just break down everybody you have individually even your star players. I mean, some guys are on a roll and you don't have to worry about it, but nobody's safe right now. So just keep an eye on out for it. So if you need any help, I'm here for you. Reach out to me on Twitter. Um, Coming to me is more like, you know, instead of going to a hospital, you went to, you know, for some homeopathic care or like instead of going to the cops, you went to see a psychic. And I will guarantee you that I will try to give you results. So my bedroom door is always open. Cheers.